welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. This is episode six, pre-draft. Rookie Mock in a Breakdown. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Polish. Ryan, how's it going today? Oh, doing great, and I am more than excited to get talking about these rookies. I, I'm absolutely pumped for the draft. Uh, there was a little buzz that it somehow leaked that they had some technical difficulties with, like, the, the practice draft. Did you see that? I did, yeah. It was a heck of a start. I'm pretty sure it was the Bengals pick, too, the first pick they had an issue with. Yeah, that's not a good sign for them, mm-hmm. is it? No. <laughs> so isn't it amazing how you've got 12, 13, 14-year-olds all around the country who, who know how to hardwire their Xbox in so they can play Call of Duty, but we've got NFL GMs that struggle getting a, you know, a mock draft taken care of? Yeah, no kidding. you got to imagine that all these guys have their own IT guys with them. That's what's even more mind-blowing. Is they, I know they're not doing it on their own. No, it, it can't be. So, and then I'm also excited because apparently I'm pretty sure Roger Goodell is, is hosting this in his basement. Excited. How nice is his house going to be? Oh, it's going to be more than we can even fathom, Tyler. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd swap uh, living arrangements with him any day if, if that was an option. So any, well, today uh, any, any, uh, oh, any bets, any bets on what Roger's going to be wearing? I'm going to go suit on the top and sweatpants on the bottom. <laughs> oh, he's gonna dress and be ready to go. Hopefully, he's not wearing one of those uh, Dave Portnoy, Roger Goodell clown shirts. I don't know if you ever saw those. I did. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And I doubt he's wearing that. Probably that's what he'll have in the fireplace. I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna do a, a one round mock draft here for our listeners, and um, basically, Ryan will pick. I'll pick. We'll go back and forth. We'll kind of discuss each of the prospects. And we want to hear from our listeners. So we've had listeners chiming in and giving us messages through Anchor. We love that. Uh, you can also tweet at us at Dynasty Block. We love hearing from you guys. And it, it kind of it keeps us going. And, I mean, we love talking about this, but we love helping people along the way as well. So uh, we are going to draft these as if we're doing a half PPR. And this is a Dynasty rookie draft. So we, we are not going to draft like super flex and I'm all for talking super flex and stuff, but we're going to keep it simple and just go half PPR for this draft. And that's kind of how our rankings will be sorted out. So Ryan, are you ready to go? I'll, I'll give you the honors and I'll let you go 1.01. Oh, I get 101. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'll let you have it. All right. So I'm going to go with a guy who has pretty much been my 101 since last year. Um, I'm going to go DeAndre Swift with my 101. I got a feeling he's going to land in a great spot. Now, this is a guy who has was pr- very productive at Georgia, a high-profile team and a great conference. Uh, he catches the ball really, really well out of the backfield. Uh, it's almost It looks effort, effortless. He's got pretty good vision and patience behind the line. He's able to make people miss on his own if blocking breaks down. Um, he ran a great 40 time. I believe it was a sub four, five. Uh, and, and I like the way for a smaller guy, he's only five, eight, but I, yeah. when I was watching his film, I really liked the way he finishes off his runs. 
he's not afraid to put his shoulder down right at the end there. And I, I, I like that about a running back who doesn't shy away from contact. Yeah, he's, he's the real deal, man. And I, I think that's going to be kind of the consensus 1.01 around America. But the other thing about him is he, he hasn't really carried the ball as much as some of the other guys. His carries have been, and his workload has been uh, relatively good. And I think that's, it's going to pique some GM's eyes and ears when they see how fresh his body might be compared to who I'm going to take with the 1.02. So I'll stick with the 1.02 here and I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor and being from Wisconsin, I, you know, I'm a, a huge JT fan to begin with, but he's just the special back man. And coming out of high school, he wasn't like a crazy recruit. Like he was committed to Rutgers before he decommitted and went to the Badgers. And, uh, you know, he's an incredibly smart guy, high 30s on his ACT, and, you know, had gotten into Harvard. It's like, whoa, I mean, this guy, he's going to have zero problem picking up a playbook and that kind of stuff, which I do like his success. But a couple things that stood out to me, he dominated in college, right? Ever since he was a freshman, he came on, he got, you know, high 200s, 300 carries a year, which is his one knock and fumbling is another knock of his, but he makes up for it just with how he runs, he is so deceptively fast because on film, it doesn't look like he's running fast. Kind of like Melvin Gordon. It's like, it doesn't look like he's running fast and he's just outrunning everybody. Oh, his strides so, are ridiculous. Oh yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a rock man. And he had the, the highest speed score in the entire draft. So that's a weighted 40. So he's running at 226 pounds and he ran a four, three, nine. So that score is ridiculous. All right, it's different than a 190 pound guy running a 439. Jonathan Taylor's doing it at 226. That's a lot of power. And that's a huge, that's a huge guy coming at you, ready to lower the shoulder. And I'm not gonna step in and tackle that guy. So that's my 1.02. I really like Jonathan Taylor, and I don't think it matters where he goes. I think you know he's gonna he'll do well. Yeah, I think like you said, where no matter where he goes, he's most likely gonna be better than who's already there. And I mean, most, yeah. somebody who's going to draft him is going to be a running back needy team. And Jonathan Taylor is the perfect combination of size, speed. He has great patience behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he, reminds, he reminds me a little bit of like Le'Veon Bell like that. He's, he's able to take his time to find that hole, but then he has that explosion and speed to just hit it going a hundred miles an hour. Um, He's got the power to put his shoulder down, move piles. And like you said, he does have that knock with the fumbles. But I do think people have fumble issues. You can you can teach them and get that out of them. Um, so I think Tiki Bar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I like you said, I think Jonathan Taylor is a slam dunk in this draft. One point oh three. Who you got, right? One oh three. I am gonna go with the number one wide receiver to me, hands down. Maybe one of the best wide receivers we've seen in a long time. He has great route running, great hands, great speed. And I'm talking about C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma. Now, C.D. Lamb, I was watching more film on him just yesterday. Watching his film is like watching everybody else's highlight tape. He's so good after he gets the ball in his hands. It is ridiculous. Yeah, after the catch, he's he's the best in the draft, probably. Yeah, he's got good height. He's got good speed. He ran, what, a 4.5? And, yeah, everything that – I feel like everything that was thrown his way, he had a great chance to catch if he didn't catch it. I mean, 
he's uh, he's everything you're looking for. In a, uh, I think he can be a prototypical number one. He's got that size. He's got the great route running. He's got great hands. And then once he catches the ball, he's an absolute weapon. Yeah, his uh, if you if anybody of our listeners haven't seen C.D. Lamb and his high school journey and stuff like that, just go type it in on YouTube and you're going to be a fan. It, he's just an awesome guy. Uh, and when I punched him into player profiler a long ago, uh, his best comparable was Jerry Rice. That's not a bad guy to get compared to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, the 19-year-old breakout age. I mean, CD's got it, man. He's a stud. Um, and he's somebody that you could argue going 1.01 oh. in the right right situation, right league. And uh, I don't think anybody would bat an eye. No, I think any of these guys that we might take in the top five, six, after the draft could mix up a little bit where any of them could go one, one in my mind, if they go to the yeah. perfect spot. Um, and CD lamb, he's just that physical specimen. He doesn't play like he weighs less than 200 pounds. He's 198, yeah. but I think he's got great release off the line of scrimmage and he just plays big and physical. I love it. Yeah, no, he absolutely does. Uh, I'm going to go at, 1.04 with a guy who I honestly thought you were going to take at 1.03 and it's just, I, I can't let him slip any further at this point. And that's JK Dobbins. And, and I I've seen JK Dobbins in some mock drafts going 1.01. And there's the guys that, that think he's the best running back in the draft. And these first five picks, you really can't go wrong. So you're sitting on gold right now, if you own one of these, but JK Dobbins ever since he stepped foot on Ohio state campus, I mean, he put up numbers, man. And you're talking a, a big time school and he had the breakout age at 19, you know, his freshman year with 1400 yards and eight touchdowns. And this past year to over 2000 yards and 23 touchdowns. So he is the real deal, man. He moves well, he's strong and he's going to make some team really happy and he's going to get it done. And I, I would, I could see him going 1.01 as well. It's just these, these guys are going to flourish, I think. And we haven't had a draft like this in a little while where I'm pretty confident in these top five and hitting and having success. Oh, I'm totally with you. JK is one of my, obviously he's one of my top three, but he's really flirting with two and one, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, he really is. He's a little bit bigger than Swift. Like... He catches the ball great. Um, he had the same amount of rushing yards as Jonathan Taylor last year with 20, yeah. with 20 less carries and the same amount of touchdowns rushing. Somebody that's worried about Taylor's fumbling would take Dobbins over Taylor, I think. Oh, I yeah, I totally agree. Uh, one thing, I when I was watching Dobbins on tape, one of the things that really stood out to me, because I don't think anybody else does it like him, is his uh, like vertical jump cut. He like gets so low to the ground, and he's so quick with it, and then once he does it, he explodes out of that break so fast where people just have no idea what to do. I've, I was watching film, he was making people fall over. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's it's similar to, you know, Saquon's got that really nice jump cut. Not saying J.K. Dobbins is, is Saquon, but no, you're right. And just the ability to change direction and explode out of a cut is is something that running backs need in the NFL. So uh, I, I feel I would feel great getting him at 1.04 and we'll turn it over to you for 1.05. All right. So this might surprise people a little bit. And I actually just switched this yesterday when I was going more in depth and, and watching more and more film. I pick up on different little things at one Oh five. 
I am going to go Justin Jefferson. Oh, I really, really like Justin Jefferson. He, I mean, you can say he was in this prolific offense with LSU, and you, you'd be right. But 111 catches doesn't lie. You still got to catch it. And he ran a blazing 40 time. He's got pretty good size. He was all over the field with LSU. He was outside running from the slot. His route running, he breaks stuff down. He gets so low to the ground, and he's quick out of these cuts. His route running is phenomenal. Linebackers out of the slot will never be able to keep up with him. He's got enough speed to play on the outside, and he's got enough height. Another thing that I was looking at and noticing, every time they threw a deep ball to him, I don't know if I saw him not get it. I think he caught like every one. I didn't look up his contested catch percentage, but it has to be very, very high. It was it was unbelievable watching Jefferson. His hands are unbelievable, and his concentration hardly saw any drops in those deep balls. He just goes up and gets them. He always comes down with them. And ever just watching more and more film on him, I'm just falling more and more in love with that guy. And I think he's a great wide receiver prospect. Do you think he made Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow made him in, in any of the sense? Um, well, I mean, Joe Burrow did have – he's probably got two first-round NFL draft wide receivers he was throwing to this year. Let's be honest. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I wouldn't be surprised if Jefferson goes in the first round of the NFL draft. Jamar Chase is almost guaranteed if he comes out and does, did what he did again. But Joe Burrow's got the talent. He's my number one quarterback. I just think that whole combination, that's why LSU won the national championship. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head there. And Jamar Chase, to go off Jamar here, not to go off on too far of a tangent, but he could be the best receiver in this class and next class. Uh, Jamar Chase, I think he's that good. He might have been the best receiver on LSU. Oh, I believe so, yeah. uh, You kind of threw me for a loop there. I did not think you were going to take him at 1.05. I like him, man. Yeah, and I I can't pass up on Jerry Judy at 1.06, and I'd be – if I'm at sitting at 1.06 and I get Jerry Judy, I am jumping for joy because Jerry Judy is the real deal. And we're talking, you know, probably six, eight months ago or this time last year, Jerry Judy was everybody's 1.01. And he didn't do anything to justify that he isn't the best receiver in this draft. I think he, if he's on a different team, he has better numbers. And it's not like his numbers were bad. He had 77 catches for, about 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. He just had three first-round receivers on his team. Yeah, it was a very similar Devonta situation as LSU. Rugs. Yeah, so you, get, you have Ruggs and Devonta Smith. It's like, well, your numbers aren't going to be as good. So I think his, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, slept on Judy just for a bit, and he isn't valued as high as his talent is because he's the real deal. His, his talent is there. And I'd be thrilled to get him at 1.06. I would. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. Jefferson is the one who – he jumped Judy for me yesterday. Um, yeah, and I have Jefferson like third. So I like Jefferson as well. Yeah. It's just hard to ignore that production. Oh, no, I, I don't blame you. Like I said, it's almost a toss-up. The thing that made the difference for me is I think Justin Jefferson plays a little bit more physical than Judy. Judy, when you're watching film, he kind of has that slight build to him. I don't know if he's going to – be a number one wide receiver on a team as much as we want to think he is. I don't know if he's got the build for it and the physicality. Um, his contested catches, now, granted, he didn't have very many on film because his route running so good. He's always open. But I saw a couple times where he would kind of shy away from contact and not go out and catch that ball because he 
kind of heard footsteps like he was going to get smoked. Um, I didn't think his release was great off the line. I think he got jammed a couple times, which totally takes him out of a play when you got these other two receivers that are going to run wide open as well. So that's the reason yeah. why Jefferson went over Judy for me. Yeah, he, you know, you did kind of mention his frame there at 193. You know, that's it's not being under 200 pounds as a wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, there could be a little cause for concern there, and you could, you could, you know, I'm sure find guys under 200 that have flourished and everything. But yeah, I I, I would agree with those knocks. But I I'm a huge fan. 1.06. I'm jumping for joy at that point. So oh, absolutely. Uh, 107 for you, right? 107 for me is going to be Cam Akers. Yeah, Cam. Uh, I wanted. To... It's a little tough to watch Cam Akers film for me though. His team was so bad. It was unbelievable, <laughs> but that's that's one of the plus sides on him, though, is he still had over a 1,000 yards. He catches the ball effortlessly. He's got a good frame. Like he, I just feel like he's a compact running back. He's not short, but he just has a good build to him, and he's got good power when he runs. Uh, he'll put that shoulder down, and just he'll run some people over. He's always falling forward uh, with that bad offensive line. He had to learn how to make people miss otherwise he wasn't going to break 500 yards this year it was incredible so i think he can make people miss in open space he makes them miss behind the line he catches the ball great and finishes off runs i think well he's almost almost landing spot proof as well for me he's very very talented and he's been doing it for a couple of years we've heard about cam Akers since he was a freshman yeah i i had talked to you earlier and I said you know I think Cam Akers could be wind up being the best running back in this draft I mean he and I I just I was doing some digging on him he was the number three overall prospect coming out and if he goes to let's say he goes to Alabama or he goes to you know Ohio State or something and and maybe his situation's a little better because you're right that offense stunk they had Alex Hornibrook at quarterback and and that offensive line was bad, and that team was just bad. And he was like a bright spot. And I, I even loved what I saw in film because I feel like he's hard to bring down, and, and he just finds a way to get positive yards all the time. And that's going to correlate to NFL success. So excellent recruit, really good, uh, strong kid, and moved really well in the 40. So I'm an absolutely huge fan of Cam Akers, and – you could have took him earlier and I would have agreed well, with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to well, think too with how bad they were with their quarterback play. They didn't really have any, they had one wide receiver to throw to. They're, they were stacking the box against them with a bad offensive line. So, I mean, his numbers are impressive if you take into account what he had to work with. He's not even 21 years old yet. That's, that's unbelievable. That's, yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, Huge fan of Cam Akers. That's awesome. I, I, I'm a huge fan of that pick. Uh, 1.08 here. Uh, I I didn't think he was going to fall this far, but I'm going to go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And reason being, and I, I understand there's cause for concern here, being 5'7 and 207 pounds, you know, didn't run a, a crazy good 40. But what I saw in film, I saw that he was going to have sex or success in this NFL they had him lined up outside at times. They had him running so many different routes. I feel like he's the running back that will be in the league for 10 years. He's, he's one of those guys just with how many balls that he catches and, and what he'll do after the catch. So I'm a huge fan. I mean, his numbers were there. His production was there. 
uh, that short stocky build kind of reminds you a little bit of like, you know, Maurice Jones drew type and just, you know, that, that short stocky build that I think is going to get it done in the NFL. So at 1.08, if, if Clyde Edwards, uh, Hilaire is there, I I'm all about that. And you know, give me those shares for that. Yeah. Value. Heck if he's going at 1.08, I want to hop back in the first round if I'm in a dynasty league and get him late because that's a great value pick. Yeah. I mean, from, from now that we're doing this mock draft, I mean, this whole first round is just scattered with talent. It is, it is unbelievable, yeah. this class. And uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the more I watch him, at first I was hesitant, like you said. I mean, he did put it, he did put up the numbers, yeah. but he's with the best quarterback in the game with two first round wide receivers. They, they weren't able to stack any boxes against that uh, pass first team, but he had 1,400 yards, I think, rushing still. And a whole bunch of receptions. And the more I watched him, he's definitely not fast, but he's he's so quick. It makes up for it. He makes people miss. And like you said, with his longevity, he never takes like these huge hits because he's always he's got that wiggle to kind of just brush off some of these big hits. And he catches a lot of balls. He reminds me of like an Eckler or a Sproles. And those guys are just they're they're able to play ten years in the NFL. I, yeah, I like uh, the Eckler comparison. Uh, he did. He caught fifty-five balls on fifty-eight targets. So, I mean, that's what NFL is wow. nowadays. And you almost need a, a running back that can catch the ball. Otherwise, you're kind of behind the times. So, you get him in the the right system. I feel like that could be a home run pick. No, yeah, absolutely. And I can see somebody like him in a very good system that is known for throwing to their running backs. He's going to skyrocket. He won't be there at eight. Yeah, he probably won't, but, you know, you yeah. never know. 1.09. 1.09. I'm going with Jalen Ragor. Jalen Ragor, to me, is similar to Cam Akers when watching film. The quarterback play this year was just horrendous. I've never seen so many balls thrown his way that were not even close. It was just – I was just wincing every time I had to watch that quarterback throw a ball. But – when you're looking at him when he's not getting thrown the ball and looking for things when not necessarily he's catching, the guy runs spectacular routes. He gets off the line of scrimmage. He's got great release. Um, he's an absolute burner. So he didn't run a great 40 time at the draft. Did you see what happened when he did his uh, pro day? Uh, is that I, – I don't know if I did – well, I'm going to go out and just – so we can clear the air here we could go do a pro day out in my backyard and i'll run a four two if you want me to as well <laughs> if i got the right right yes i know but it just just the numbers that i saw on that on on that video though and everybody knew that he was fast i think he disappointed in the, in the yeah. nfl draft watching him on tape he's flying by guys um just on a go route he's not even really putting any wiggle into it he's just running by people and he's a punt returner, and you could see the speed there, too. Um, if he caught a seam, nobody was even going to touch him. But he ran – the two guys that were timing him clocked him at a 4-2-2 and a 4-2-8 when he ran a 40. Yeah. And that, that's more like what we were expecting because he was coming out. He was talking a bunch of garbage saying he was going to break John Ross's record. And then he, then he ran like a 4-5. And nobody thought that that's what he was capable of. But to me, Jalen Rager is a burner. He can return punts. He takes end arounds. 
He's a great route runner, and he goes his 50-50 ball catches were phenomenal. For for a smaller kind of guy, he goes up and gets it. I mean, the guy's just a just an athlete. I love the way he runs routes. He's going to be a great slot receiver in the NFL. I'm really excited about Jalen Rager. Yeah, his his vertical jump and broad jump and it gave him a burst score of 140, which is in the 99th percentile. So he's going to find a way to get open and and when the ball's in his hands, that's dangerous. Like you said, usually college guys that are returning punts and and that kind of stuff, that means that you're such a great athlete. We need to get the ball in your hands as much as we can. We can't do it with our quarterback, so let's have you go catch some some punts and get the ball in your hands. So you're right, quarterback play was atrocious. Um, you know, some people might argue big 12 corners suck all those high scoring games, but I don't think that's the case. That's just the type of play that's in the big 12. So no, that's you. I mean, you've got to just be ecstatic in getting him there because there's guys that think he's the number one or number two receiver. Oh, in the yeah. class. I mean, I'm a big fan right now. I got him at my fourth receiver, but I mean, it's just so stacked any other class last year's class. He'd be like my second receiver, probably like, He's he's yeah. a really good athlete, and he's got he's got that type of game where it's going to translate to the NFL too, with all that how quick quick twitch he is and the route running to go along with those great hands and speed. I think he's just a can't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say can't miss, but he's got a lot of potential to be a great NFL player. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I, I'm I'm taking a look at my rankings here, and we're going to have guys that slip out of the first round here that. I'm just absolutely shocked when I, after watching film of them and after just seeing them, it, it makes me want to go out right now and just buy more second round picks, oh, yeah. you know, for, for a decent price, because we're going to have talent slipping into the second round. I can already tell you that, but uh, 1.10 here, I'm going to go with Denzel Mims and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Denzel Mims. I think he could be the, the sneaky, really, really good, like number one receiver in the class standing at six, three, two Oh seven. I mean, his workout metrics are off the chart in every single category and his player comparable is Chris Godwin. And, you know, anybody that's listened know that Chris Godwin's my boy and is going to be the number one fantasy scoring receiver <laughs> this year. But I Denzel Mims, just the way he wins balls in the end zone and he's going to be a great red zone target. And just his hands are great. And I'm looking at his numbers right now and he had great numbers all throughout college. And I, I really think where he's going to do the damage is in the red zone in the NFL. But this is a guy that's just screaming NFL stud to me. And I think wherever he goes, he's going to find his way on the field. It's he's kind of the first guy we've mentioned. That's got a really good frame at six, three, two Oh seven. Everybody else we've mentioned is six, one or lower. I think so he has a really, really good NFL receiver body that I, I want every share. Of yeah. I, can get. No, uh, I agree. Like, like I said, this class is so dang stacked. So for me, I'm a, I think I'm a little bit lower on Mims than a lot of people are. Some people have them as like wide receiver four um, and up, up in that range. And I like him. I think he's got a, a really good catch radius. Uh, he's a big guy. He can go up and get the ball. Uh, he's a great red zone threat. I'm not as big on him when I watched him on tape. I don't know because he ran that blazing forty time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know eight. if. 
if he's just moving faster than we think, then because he's got long strides, kind of like Jonathan Taylor. But I didn't think his game speed was that great, to be honest with you. I didn't think he got off the line fast. Um, I don't really care for his route running that much. I thought he rounded too many routes. And in the NFL, when you're playing against those those top-notch corners, they're going to pounce all over that, and they're going to be super physical. Um, he's got the body to be physical, but he's got I think he's got to improve on that route running. I do like him. Like I said, I think he's my wide receiver seven right now. Um, I like a couple more ab- above him at this point, but I totally get why people do. I mean, he's a physical freaking specimen who ran a great 40 time. But I just, I, yeah, I just really wish is. I could have saw that translate yeah. to the field a little bit more. But I totally get it. I think he's got good hands. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the one of the breakouts of this class here is Denzel Mims. And if he's sneaking into anybody's second round, I think you need to trade up and get him in the second round then because I, uh, I do think, and I don't even think it's landing spot dependent with him because I just feel like his body is NFL ready. So that that's who I got though. Who we got at one uh, eleven? I'm kind of torn between two guys. Um, doing more film study and breaking down and giving these guys scores. The guy who I had behind a certain guy in my rankings jumped him due to a due to one of my scores. And I kind of it's hard to ignore all the buzz around him with the NFL right now. So I'm gonna have to go Henry Ruggs. Yeah, it's. If he would have slipped to you know one twelve, yeah. Taking him I as mean, well. I don't think he's gonna fall this far. But from what obviously me and you both saw, he's not that high up on our rankings. Um, yeah, the, the buzz is he's gonna go in the first round, and sure, I think people are just enamored by that forty time, and he played on Alabama and had pretty good numbers, and he's just he he can make a play at any time. The things that I didn't really like, though, is I didn't think he had a great release off the line. And these are the things that I think can tr- are, are, aren't going to translate to the NFL well. Because if you don't have a great release against these college corners, you're looking at way better people uh, jamming you at the line. Um, I did think his hands were good. He mm-hmm. went across the middle a lot, and he caught, caught the ball with his hands. He wasn't in on his body. And then he's able to make a play with his legs. Um I didn't think his route running was great. I think he pulled away from people sometimes just up of speed, but I don't know if that'll translate as well either. Um, that's why I think he fell. I think he's a great prospect, and I think he could be a home run guy, just like you think Denzel Mims. Ruggs could be just that absolute home run guy who's going to get you multiple catches a game, but his, his yards per catch and yards after the catch are going to be just huge because of that speed and playmaking ability. Yeah, I mean, you've seen in the NFL what teams are prioritizing, and it's speed. And he very well could be the first receiver off the board yep. in the NFL draft, just like Marquis was last year, Hollywood Brown. And that's because speed kills, man. And they figure everything else after that, but you can't teach speed. So the fact that he's got that is, no, yeah. is I mean, huge. I don't think I ever see Henry Ruggs being a number one, but I can see him being a just that speedy – slot guy is kind of where I envision him being. Yeah. I mean, that teams really love that type of player though. I mean, you just look at how early John Ross went and being a first round pick, it, it teams like it. And there is a team that that's going to draft him and 
and like him. So I, he could very well be the first receiver off the board. I, I would no. not be surprised. Um, wrapping it up here at, at 112, I, I'm torn between two guys who I'm about even with in my rankings. And it's a receiver. And I, I, I keep going back and forth. But right now, I'm going to go T. Higgins. And reason being is that that height is just something that I, I can't ignore at this point at standing at six, four. And he had really, really good production, especially in the red zone with, you know, 12 touchdowns and 13 touchdowns in back-to-back years and his breakout age, which is something that receivers need. You need to break out at a young age. He broke out at 18 and a half, which is in the 96th percentile. So he was getting it done at a young age. Why is that important? Well, that means that you're an absolute stud right out of the get-go. You're getting, you know, players who break out before age 19 are, are just, it's statistically proven that they're going to probably just be better off. There's not many guys that just randomly come on late in their career. And, and there you go. It's just, eh, you have your exceptions, but, but T Higgins standing at six, four, and I know he's got a pretty dang good quarterback thrown to him, but I feel like he's a guy that could catch, you know, 10 touchdowns in the NFL in a season, you know, maybe that Galladay type. So, you know, T Higgins is definitely somebody that I really like. And I was flirting between him and, and Brian Edwards, whose breakout rating who broke out at the age of 17, which is just bizarre to think about that a a 17 year old can break out in the sec. And I I was kind of going back and forth between those guys, but I'm going to go T Higgins here to end it off. What do you think? Yeah, he's actually, he was my wide receiver three for a very long time. Um, Slid a little bit, but I, I really like T Higgins. That's who I was going to take at one eleven over over rugs um i kind of well i bashed the vikings on our last pod about how i didn't like their offense i would love t higgins to go to the vikings i I think that would be a match made in heaven they just got rid of Diggs and opposite side of Thielen. there i I don't know i just feel like t higgins and kirk could do some damage and i i would be thrilled if he went to the vikings that'd be a great landing spot he'd probably go up the rankings a little bit there on in mock drafts and rookie drafts. But, yeah, T. Higgins, like you said, you kind of hit it right on the head. That 6'4 frame, he didn't have that great virtual pro day or whatever. But I'm not buying it. On on, on film, I liked I liked his speed. I thought he had great speed. Uh, one of my best attributes for T. Higgins is his hands. I mean, the guy catches everything away from his body like he should. Uh, nothing goes through him. The guy has good route running for being 6'4". I think he had really good. I think he's got really good route running. He, yeah. he finds ways to get open, and then he doesn't drop those passes in traffic. I really, I really, really like T. Higgins. So, I mean, we're talking about the a guy like this at one twelve. That's just mind blowing to me how good this class is. Yeah, I mean Higgins, like you said, his hands are so great. His catch rate sat at about seventy four percent, and everything that's coming his way, he's catching. And those taller guys typically can have a harder time running routes in the NFL just because their center of gravity is so high. And if you got a young or if you got a, a smaller cornerback, that's getting India, but you're right. He does run solid routes and I think he's going to be able to get it done on Sundays uh, and maybe the occasional Thursday night game as well, if that's going to continue. But I, I would be thrilled to get uh, Higgins yeah. at one twelve. So people are, people are going to listen to us, Ryan, and say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You know, 
Brian Edwards still up there. You got Keyshawn Vaughn and Zach Moss. Nobody talked about them. I mean, that's how deep this draft is. And we didn't even mention a tight end because I don't think there's a tight end worth in the first round of a rookie draft this year. And and I've had my days where I, I took Dave Njoku late first round a couple of years ago. And like I, I'm usually all tight ends and willing to keep him as a project. But there's just not one this year that goes in the first round of a rookie draft. But, you know, the haters might say, you guys didn't no, – nobody draft Keyshawn Vaughn or Zach Moss. Some people think Zach Moss is the next – I'm not a fan of Zach Moss. I'll be, I'll go out on a limb and say that. I don't care if it's not popular. Zach Moss to me, (laughs) I just don't really like, he's slow. I didn't, he's not elusive. He's got some power. Sure. Um, I didn't think he caught the ball. Great. He didn't look good catching the ball. Uh, I didn't think he had great vision either. I think he just kind of, I think he's one of those guys that's just going to take what's there put a shoulder down every now and then and fall forward. I don't think he's starting quality in the NFL. From what I watched, I watched probably six full games of Zach Moss, if not more. And I came away just completely unimpressed from all the hype that's been around him. Um, Yeah. I'm going to need to, I'm going to have to ask somebody on Twitter what game I need to watch because every game I watched, he just felt slow on film. And I know he's, He's a short, stocky guy at 5'9", 223, but I just I couldn't, I couldn't get the hype. I just didn't feel good about it. And like you said, sometimes you know we can talk about the, the metrics and the speed, but sometimes what you see on film, it doesn't lie. And you know, playing at, at Utah, you know, he's not seeing the competition some of these other guys are seeing, and I think that makes a difference as well, especially being a running back. So guys are just faster. Is he going to be able to get it done when there's NFL linebackers? I don't know. He can have all the power he wants, but if he can hardly get to the line of scrimmage before Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, all these great defenders, J.J. Watt, there's, I just don't think he's going to stack up against those types of guys. And I don't, I don't know. He, he can be a change of pace, back, yeah. maybe a goal line guy, but I just don't see it out of Moss. I, I don't either, man. And, the four six five forty just kills me, and I it's hard to get over that as a back. So, uh, a couple things on the horizon here at Block in the Back. So, we are very excited. Uh, we're very, you know, interested in our listeners because, you know, starting off as a podcast might be difficult for some. We we've really enjoyed listening uh, to some of the people reaching out. Uh, we enjoy you know checking the analytics every day at who's checking in and from where and what state and what country and that kind of stuff. A couple things on the horizon for us. We are currently working on a website. Now, Ryan and I aren't the best, you know, technical guys, but we're kind of teaching ourselves along the way here. So we've got a website coming into play here. And I, I, I would hope that we have that up and running here in a month or two. And Ryan's got an article posted and, and I've got an article coming as well about Cam Akers. And I, I'm really excited about that. Cause I, I think, you guys are going to like our content. Ryan, do you want to explain a little bit about the the ranking system that we're using? We're kind of going back to a, an old Yeah, so we thought it would be a cool system. idea to kind of – we can show you guys rankings all you want, and you might just say, yeah, sure, whatever. But uh, we like to base our analysis, and what I love to base analysis off of is our knowledge and experience of the game and our film study. We put in a lot of hours watching film on these guys, so we created a – we call it our block in the back star score. So it's based out of five stars. So we picked what we thought were going to be the mo- the five best categories to judge 
a position off of. So for example, our running backs, we have categories on vision and patience. We have a category on elusiveness, game speed, receiving, and then power and contact balance. So what we do is we watch film on these guys almost every single game um, that we can that's available to us. And we will rate them out of five on each category. And then we'll divide that by five for their total star score. Now that can be different than our actual rankings. The, the reason we have that is that's just pure athleticism and how they are as a football player from what we saw in film. And obviously opportunity and where they land in the draft will change that, but our star score won't change. So if you're looking for an athlete where the film doesn't lie and you're not as concerned about rankings, this is a great thing for you. Um, the wide receivers, we're looking at um, our categories are release, their hands, catch radius, route running, game speed, and then we have our total star score. Quarterbacks, we're looking at things like pocket presence, arm strength, accuracy, how they go through their read progressions, and then leadership qualities as well. Um, we think those are, those are really important in quarterbacks. And I think this could be a great judge and kind of something that will set us apart from other, other websites and podcasts that might not have something like this that are just throwing rankings together with no rhyme or reason. Um, I mean, this will definitely play a part in our rankings. They might not be the same, but it will definitely play a part and kind of give you an explanation on why we like certain players. Yeah, I one of the things I dislike about looking at some other websites is just the fact that let's say I'm looking at your website and you have so and so ranked here. Well, why do you have them ranked there? And that's where I think our star system will kind of, you know, give a little bit different edge to how we rank our guys. So, you know, for example, the quarterbacks, how Ryan was talking about, I'll just give you a sneak peek. I had Joe Burrow as the number one quarterback evaluated as most do. But he came in at a star ranking of, of 4.475 for me. And 4.5 and between 4.5 and 4.75 is considered all pro. So he's just below the all pro. I gave him a player comp of Tony Romo. And he just, whenever I watched film, I, I felt Tony Romo on Joe Burrow. So I I really think the star ranking is, is going to be something you guys will enjoy. And I think that it really kind of sets us apart here a little bit and I'd love to hear from, you know, we've got what we ranked each guy on. And so I'm, I'm all for, for conversation at why so-and-so is better than so-and-so or, you know, if you yeah. guys think something else. So I, I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I think the, I think this website will be great for all our listeners as well to kind of just get a, get a visual on what we're talking about and kind of get pick our brains a little bit. You're going to get articles that we write about certain things that we might not talk about in the podcast. You're going to have full access to the podcast on the website um, you're going to get our ranking, our dynasty rookies. You're going to get our overall dynasty rankings, and you're going to get our star score rankings. So we're really about what we're working on. Um, obviously, it's going to take some time, but we just want to give everybody a heads up that it is coming soon. Yeah, absolutely. And with this, you know, quarantine going on, we've had a little more time in our hands. We've been able to really crunch football, yeah, which I'm no, not complaining uh, about. But I can. Well, I was just going to say, and now we got that NFL draft coming up in, what, three days? It's on Thursday. We're recording on a Monday. So, Tyler, let me ask you a question here. Who do you you think is going to be the biggest riser in the draft that people – they're going to get drafted earlier than what people may think as far as fantasy-related players? So, who do I think, like, 
a fantasy player could sneak in or that's are you talking a fantasy player gets drafted earlier Correct. than most think in the, Correct. NFL, the draft NFL draft or in our rookie draft in the NFL draft I I, I think it's got to be quarterback play just because teams are so needy at quarterback that you're going to see people jumping off the board potentially that probably shouldn't go in the first round so uh, I mean I'll I've seen lots of stuff going on about Jordan Love and a lot of teams are doing their homework. Don't be shocked if Jordan Love goes in the first round. Don't be shocked if Tua goes in the first round. He's going to. Don't be shocked if uh, Justin Herberts goes in the first round and Joe Burrow. So I I really think we could see four quarterbacks and then he throw in Jake Fromm. I don't think he goes in the first round, but that's four quarterbacks in the first round. Do I think they all should go in the first round? No. Teams need quarterback play. So I would not be surprised if some teams really stretch, which I would not do if I was if I was an NFL team needing a quarterback. No. I would not do that. But yeah, do you, you know, know who you know who I think might actually fall? I'm I mean, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put myself out there a little bit, which which is fine. But I think uh, I think Justin Herbert is gonna fall in the NFL draft. I don't know that. I mean, the Chargers just came out with a with a quote saying that Anthony Lynn doesn't see. Tyrod Taylor is a bridge quarterback. Is that to make him feel a little better about himself? Maybe. But you can't ignore the fact that they have so many other needs on their team. They have a they have probably the best backup for now in the NFL. And they just lost their longtime quarterback. They probably they might be in a rebuild. They lost Melvin Gordon. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers don't take who everybody thinks they're gonna take in Justin Herbert and he falls a little bit. Yeah, I I tried watching film and I really tried to like him because all of his teammates liked him and I read nothing but good things about him. But I, I mean, he came in at a, a ranking under four for me and four is an NFL starter. And my player comp was Josh Allen for him. And say what you want about Josh Allen, but he just doesn't throw the ball very well. But I, Justin Herbert, I I still do think he goes in the first round with that six six, you know, two thirty six frame and he moves really well. Yeah, He's I think he goes in the project, first round. So I don't think he goes I, top five. Is my is my thing? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I. That's you're probably right there. I don't. I don't think he would go top five either. But you know, it all depends on what teams yep. think of two in his hip. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, stay tuned for our website. Stay tuned for our our next pod. Ryan and I are going to enjoy the NFL draft a little bit. I think we're going to do a little betting involved in it as well, and. Uh, it's really between that and the last dance thing with Michael Jordan, we haven't really had a whole lot of sports, so I'm really going to enjoy Roger Goodell's basement. And I can't wait. Oh, I agree. I can't wait, man. All right. Well, thanks for joining us at block in the back. We want to hear from you. If you disagree with why we took a player so late in, in our first round mock, we want to hear from you. So, uh, we will do a little post draft landing analysis And I can't wait for that one. So enjoy the NFL draft with your loved ones. And thank you for listening to Block in the Back. Thank you for listening to Block in the Back podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at DynastyBlock. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.